Welcome to the Milk and Honey with Lemon podcast. I'm your host, Lemon Price, creator of the Holy Girl Habits, wife and mama, and certified life and leadership coach who turned away from corporate life to embrace kingdom leadership. This podcast is for Christian women feeling the weight of their divine callings, grappling with doubts of their leadership abilities, and searching tirelessly for biblically grounded guidance who want to step confidently into their roles as radiant kingdom leaders. Inside, we're going to traverse from those feelings of uncertainty and overwhelming searches, moving toward firm biblical leadership, empowering you to steward your gifts and showing you that you indeed have what it takes. So sister, grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea and let's dive in together. Welcome back to the Milk and Honey Podcast. I am your host, Lemon Price, and I am so excited today. I have Mae Fox here, and she is amazing, guys. First of all, she got up at 4 a.m. to have this conversation with me because she's in Hawaii. Like, you're a trooper. I would not do that for anybody. So you're amazing for doing that. She has this plethora of experience, right? She's got she graduated with honors and distinction from Stanford, your fancy, where she got her BA and MS in psychology, right? She's worked as a consultant. Then she's got her MA in psychology. She is a two times New York Times, two time New York Times bestselling author and life coach. And she helps people write her book. And so I'm very excited to have you here, actually, because I am working on my book. And so I'm like, I am excited to get to chat with you. And I know a lot of my listeners are working on that too. So thank you for being here, Maymay. I'm excited to chat with you. I'm so excited to be here, Lemon. And it's my honor. And thank you for having me. Just thank you. All right. So tell us like a little bit about yourself that I wouldn't maybe find from your bio. Oh, I like that question. You mentioned that I'm currently living in Hawaii. I thought I should just address that since you brought it up. I was actually raised here. My dad was born and raised in Hawaii. And so I am third generation and now raising my kids here. So they'll be fourth generation and love it here. Was spent most of my adult life in San Francisco after graduating from Stanford. But once I had kids, I really wanted to be closer to family. And my mom and dad still live here. And they're both remarried and have amazing partners. So it was like getting two sets of grandparents. It's funny because I feel like I did remote work from the beginning of my career 25 years ago. And now remote work has become such a hot topic. Oh, excuse me. I will turn that off. My apologies. And... We, we're here taking, took a step away from San Francisco, LA and the big cities to be somewhere that's closer to nature, closer to family. And I feel like then everybody started to do that during the pandemic. So that's something that's fun to know about me that you wouldn't get off my online bio. I love that. Okay. So we're like, I live in the sticks right now in Georgia and we're moving like further to the sticks. So, cause we want to like homestead and everything because I'm like, I just want to be secluded in a mountain with no people around. There you go. So you're totally aligned with me on that. I'm like, I don't need to be in the middle of a big city anymore. It was fun when I was in my 20s and 30s, but now I have values and priorities have shifted. And as I said, I feel like the whole world is moving in that direction. Yeah. I think that's really cool that we have the opportunity now to just work wherever and be wherever. And so I'm excited actually to see what that does like to the country as a whole as people move where they feel more aligned and they're not like stuck by a job or people are writing books more. They're speaking on podcasts more. Like people realize they have a message to share. And so I would love to know like how it is that you went from I've got an MA in psychology and things to I now help people write their book. 
Great. I'd love to share that journey. It was a bit serendipitous. So I completed my bachelor's and master's at Stanford. I thought I would go into business. So I got a job at McKinsey and Company, which is this fancy, prestigious management consulting firm in San Francisco. And it was a two-year program. And I was about three months in where I said, no way, this isn't for me. Wonderful people, great company, learned a ton, but helping rich companies get richer was not aligned with my core values. And I realized that I had to do work that was purpose-driven. That's just who I am. That's how I'm wired. And if I'm going to be spending the majority of my waking hours of my life at my job, it has to be something that I'm passionate about and I care about. So that was a great realization to make at age 24, but I didn't know what to to do. And it's one of those typical things too, where people are like, what are you going to do with a psychology degree? So I had a friend who knew that I loved to write. I'd been a passionate writer my entire life. And he just knew this about me. He said, I want to write a book. I want to write a book called Sexual Fitness, which sounds really sexy. It's a great hook, but it's really a health and wellness book. It basically tells you diet, exercise, supplements for optimizing your health. And do you want to write it with me? So I went to the bookstore. I bought a book called How to Write a Book Proposal. I wrote the book proposal. I emailed it to everyone I knew. I said, does anyone know anyone in publishing who might be willing to take a look at this and give me some feedback? Had a friend who had a friend who was junior at Penguin Putnam, took a look at it. About a week went by. She emailed back and said, I never do this. We're buying your book. And I was like, what? At the same time, I had no idea at the time how difficult it is to get a book published. So I just was like, oh, this is how it goes. This is the path. But anyway, I worked with the senior editor at Penguin Putnam on that project, Amy Hertz. She and I totally bonded. She decided to mentor me, found me a literary agent, found me my first couple books to help freelance edit and ghostwrite. And took off from there. And 25 years later, here I am. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It is hard to get a book published, especially these days. Now you need to have a large social following. Like every publisher I've talked to, they want at least like a quarter of a million followers across your social channels. And it is definitely an effort. And so I love that this was so easy. I feel like when it's right and when it's meant to be, like doors just open that you cannot close if you tried. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's all about that being aligned with your values, right? This was a really conscious choice. I also deliberately chose at that time to step away from necessarily making money per se. I'm not going to say I don't want to make money because I want to make money. <laughs> like I've got needs. But like the idea of pursuing kind of the, the success in the traditional sense of American values, which is I'm going to rise up through this corporation. I'm going to make more and more money. And I was like, you know what I value? I value freedom. I value the ability to work from home whenever I want, go to a yoga class at two in the afternoon on a Tuesday and travel. I've traveled a ton. I've lived overseas. I've traveled the world for a year. And um, I put those values ahead of maybe the traditional idea of what a successful career looks like. Mm, You and I are the same. So I never wanted to climb the corporate ladder. That was never something I thought about, wanted. And so I found myself at 26 years old as the CMO of a fintech company. And I'm oh my like, gosh. I'm like, where do you go from here? So then I was like almost 28 and I was like, there's nowhere to go. 
from this is it. You've pe- you're in the C-suite before you're 30. That's it. You're done. There's nowhere else to go other than just go do the same job at different companies. And I was like, this sounds really miserable to me. This feels really miserable. This was never my intention. And it's so funny how I we have so much in common, but I actually ended up in marketing because when I was in undergrad, I minored in journalism and we were required to start a blog that because it was 2011 and that was the height of online journalism starting. And so I blogged and that went viral. That's how I ended up at an agency and worked my way up like that. But when I left, I was like, I'm going to go back to what I'm passionate about, which is writing. Yay. Travel and do the freedom thing. And like my husband and I, we took six weeks to go visit family in Texas. And we get to do these things because, and it doesn't look traditional. Exactly. But you're not afraid of that, right? I feel that so many people are held back by their fear. And this idea of, I think it's Tim Ferriss who said, the vast majority of people will choose unhappiness over uncertainty. And that really resonated with me because I think even to this day, I have friends who are like, they just don't understand the kind of level of flexibility and unknown in our family's life. And now that we have kids, they're like, oh, once you have kids, that's all going to change. Forget it. Once you have kids, you're going to settle down. You're not going to travel anymore. You know what? We took them to Paris and moved to Paris for two years, put them in French preschool, full immersion French. It was free. It was insane. It was so great. And we're like, yeah, no, we can keep doing this. And it's all about making those choices. But you have to be comfortable with uncertainty. And that's obviously something that you and your husband are comfortable with too. Oh, I love that being – that's a good quote. People would rather stay unhappy than be than deal with the uncertainty. That is – I definitely see that in my friends who are not entrepreneurial. I love them all the same, but they're very content with staying in a situation that doesn't serve them because it's safer than venturing out. Yes, absolutely. I love that. That's a whole book in and of itself. That's a whole book. That's a whole book. Okay. So I love that you have this freedom and flexibility. So talk to me about writing a book. What is that process like? What are some of the biggest challenges that people seem to have? I know my biggest challenges. I could probably rattle a hundred of them off, but that's what we're not here to talk about my issues. I would love to talk about your issues. I I will tell you, I will tell you some of the biggest challenges that I've seen authors face in my 25 years of ghostwriting, freelance editing, co-authoring, book coaching. Number one, imposter syndrome. So number one is who am I to write a book, right? And I always think of this Marianne Williamson quote. She's like a spiritual guru. And she says, who are you not to? And that is the first thing I say to people. It's not who are you to write this book, it's who are you not to? Because I genuinely feel that every single person has at least one good book in them, And that's your own story. We all have experiences to share. We all have our life lessons to draw on. And I believe that everybody has a book in them. Everybody has their own story to share. So that's number one, is just getting over that and saying, no, I do have something interesting to share. People are going to want to read it. I love that. Number two. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's the second time this week I've heard that quote now. How's funny. I know. That I feel like that's like a sign that maybe I needed to hear it because it's the <laughs> second time this week I've heard that quote. So I just think it's right. a little funny. <laughs> Might be time to 
my tip time to post it up on your wall. I was gonna say I've got it right? up on my wall. So I'm gonna have to yeah. put it in front of my office over here. Okay, yes. so I love that. I love those little I love those little like nods. Hey, guess what? I'm aware of you and you need to hear this type of situation. Okay, issue number two that your writers face. Issue number two is creating a writing habit. I am a big follower of James Clear who's the author of Atomic Habits. It's a international gazillion bestseller and he's a speaker and he's amazing. All of his research is very much based in psychology, which I love. That's my background too. And that is, it's easier to form a habit by doing something very tiny every day than setting yourself this big, hairy, audacious goal. So I think for many years, we had this idea of, you want to write a book? You got to write a book. Make your goal of writing a book. And then you know what? 90% of people drop out because I can't write a book. Don't set out with that intention. Set out with the intention of, I'm going to write for five minutes a day, every day. And there are no excuses, okay? I don't care if you have kids. I don't care if your job is crazy. I don't care if you're traveling. Everybody can do five minutes a day. And that is more likely to get you to your goal. And it also just makes the whole thing less intimidating and less stressful. If you're just like, I'm just going to sit down and write for five minutes. Guess what? A lot of the time you're going to go for more than five minutes. You're going to roll on into half an hour or an hour, but you're not putting that pressure on yourself. You're only putting the pressure on yourself to do it every day. And one of the key reasons why this works is because it becomes part of your psychology to say, I'm a writer, I'm writing a book. And then once it becomes part of your psychology, it becomes part of your identity. And then you're also more likely to complete it. I love that advice. That's some good advice because that is, I'm telling you, we're meant to be because I'm obsessed with like habit formation and like the habit loop. So I don't know if you know about the habit loop. It is my favorite thing in the entire world. So I'd love to hear about it from you. So you have your cue or your trigger, which then goes to the behavior and the behavior gets you a reward. And everybody thinks that the behavior and the reward are linked, but really it's the cue and and the reward. Right. So the trigger is looking for some type of reward. The behavior doesn't necessarily matter. It's the end result. And so you have to decide what you want the reward to be. And and everything is like that, right? Going to the gym or not going to the gym, your body is still getting some sort of reward. Maybe the reward is I slept in instead of going to the gym. Going to the gym, the reward is I moved my body and now I feel better. And everything is linked to some sort of reward. And so for me, I know personally, I come to my office and I'm like, I'm going to write in here and that's going to be great. But then I sit down and I want to do work and the reward is I feel productive, but then I also didn't get my book done. And so I was literally just telling like my husband, I'm like, I'm going to have to change the behavior to get the reward that I want. And maybe yes. from my office to a coffee shop or something because it doesn't, I can't form the habit in the environment that I'm in. That is such a great self awareness, observation. And I think it's a terrific idea. I think setting up a different place to do that writing is really smart because a big part of habit formation is making like an attractive space. And it could be a coffee shop. I worked in coffee shops for years. I feel motivated and energized by being around other people who are working. Or it could be like just a comfy chair in the corner of your um bedroom or kitchen. That's that's the spot where I'm going to go to. But that's great. So good for you. I love that you brought up the Atomic and just writing for five minutes because it does, especially with November's coming up. So National Novel Writing Month is coming up and there's all this pressure to get out 
however many words they say to get out of it, like 20,000 words or 30,000, yeah. something like that. And so there's a lot of pressure that comes. And so I love it. It's, it doesn't have to be a pressure thing. Yeah, exactly. And it should be rewarding. As you said, make it rewarding. Treat yourself to a cup of tea or hot chocolate, or if you do it every day for a week, treat yourself to a massage or it's like it's sh- you should reward yourself, and but then also that very act of writing will be rewarding, like you said about going to the gym. That will be its reward because you'll start to see the words on the page, and then as that starts to accumulate, you're going to feel more and more motivated to take it to the next level. I love it. I love that this is a thing that you support people with. So tell me how it is that you support writers. So if I'm like, listen, yeah. May, your girl's struggling. I need to write my book. What does that look like? That is such a great question. So I have multiple pathways at this moment. <laughs> I have been a professional ghostwriter for 25 years where people come to me and they are usually CEOs or very successful people and they may have an idea for a book. They may even have a contract already for a book with a publisher, but they don't have the time to write it. And they're like, I want you to write it. So just as an FYI, that costs like for me to do that, but I will like completely write it for you. That is one path. The next path is I have a $25,000 package where I work one-on-one with you for three months to get your book done. And we will have weekly meetings. I'll also look at your work and help you edit it. And in this day and age, the only reason I can make that promise of three months is because I do recommend tapping into generative AI and using AI, which is only really emerged on the scene since what last no- November, December, right? But now it's all over the news. And I do believe it is a tool that writers can use to help us accelerate our process, help us structure, help us edit for sure. It's a really powerful editing tool. You still have to do the work of putting your butt in a chair and writing your stories down. But With generative AI, you can make it to a finished product a lot faster, and I can coach you along the way. I also will work with you on what's the best publishing model for you. It's an overwhelming world right now. There's traditional publishing where you go to New York and you pitch your book proposal. There's self-publishing. Then there's hybrid publishing, which is somewhere in between where you basically pay someone to help you make it a lot more professional and get physical distribution in actual bookstores. And then there's audiobooks. It's so much going on. So I can help you navigate all of that, connect with people who can help you, connect with professionals. And on the other end of it, when you're ready to market it, connect you with a PR person who can help you promote it and also give you some tools and tips on how you can do that yourself. One of which is getting on podcasts like yours. I love that. And then you've got a new thing coming, then- right? That's it. And then the third way is I have a new online course that's priced at $5,000. So it's um, less of a monetary investment for you and it requires a little bit more of your time, but it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited about it. I've been working so hard on this online course. And this is really unique because the first cohort, which starts in September, is the only time when I'm going to be teaching all of the master classes live. And I'm going to be hosting these small workshops, breakout sessions with no more than 10 people myself. And I'm going to be offering open office hours for you to drop in, show up with your work and get my feedback. So it's a really hands-on intimate kind of course. It's not like the online course you're thinking of where it's, oh, I'm going to go 
on demand, watch the videos. It's not that. It's structured for six weeks, starting in mid-September. And the other amazing thing about this program is the cohort is just incredible humans. These are people who are CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, change makers. They are massively successful, motivated people who are like, oh my God, I have to get my book done. <laughs> like I've been saying I'm going to write a book for years or everybody's telling me you have to write a book. And why do you have to write a book? This lemon, but it's elevate your brand, get more speaking engagements, get more media coverage. More of the press is going to want to talk to you, earn more money, bring in more clients. And all the other kind of more spiritual reasons, right? Which is inspire people, connect with yourself on a deeper level, and have a legacy to leave behind. Hmm. So I'm super excited. This course is going to be an amazing opportunity. And the applications actually open very soon or are open now for when you're posting this and starts class starts in mid-September. I am so excited about this because I'm telling you my whole news feed is full of people talking about writing a book. Like it is – everybody wants to write a book right now. I have a friend. She's amazing. She owns multiple businesses and this is really cool. You would love her. She was on the podcast, but she sold her house because God told her to sell her house and they bought a sailboat and just sailed around the world with her family like homeschooling. And so oh, that gives me goosebumps. I love that. Talk about facing uncertainty. It is amazing. And so she wants to start working on her book about that journey and all the things she's learned. And I'm like, I can't wait to read that book. And so I feel like everybody wants to write a book these days. It is so powerful. I was just speaking to someone yesterday. He's a motivational speaker. He's an incredible person. And he's, I can't even get in the door for a lot of these speaking engagements unless I have a book. That's just what people are telling me. They're like, sorry, come back to us when you have a book. He's going to probably sign up to work with me almost certainly. And the irony of that is, I told him this is funny. It's like, you can't get your foot in the door to get the speaking engagements about the book, but then the speaking engagements is the best way to sell your book. So it's like this beautiful win situation because you do back of room sales for all of your speaking engagements, or sometimes you can get the company to buy everyone in the company a copy of your book or something like that. And so it really drives book sales as well. But it's just something that takes you and your brand and other people's perspective of you as an authority to the next level. I love that. Okay. Final piece of advice. What would you say to somebody who is, I've been wanting to write a book for years and I, they don't know what to do or they don't know where to start. What advice would you give them? Sign up for my class. <laughs> but no, that's, that's a silly thing to say. In all honesty, I tell everyone, just start writing. And you talked about it in your experience. You started blogging for a course, right? But it's amazing if you just start doing it and you start putting it out there is my next advice. Put it out there. You don't know what's going to happen. It could go viral. And there are so many ways to put it out there. Like you can go to Medium, you can go to Substack, you can publish little tiny tidbits here and there on LinkedIn. You can approach people who already have blogs and ask to be a guest blogger on their sites. Like so many of them are just would be delighted to have your free content. But just start writing and start putting it out there in the world. 
Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes to the blogging. I can tell you as somebody who's been blogging for 12 years, anytime somebody emails me with good content, I'm like, great. That is one post I don't have to write this week. Sounds great. Please. So please come and send them to me. That's how I feel about podcast guests. I'm like, yes, please come. Please come. Then I don't have to do solo episodes, which is great. And it works for everybody that way. And I love that advice. I think that is because people are so scared. People are so scared to put it out there and to just start doing. And so I really, I love that advice because I think it also tells you too what people are interested in, how people see you building that brand as an authority figure and things. Just chef's kiss on that. Yeah. It's also, it's getting feedback. I didn't even mention that, but there's that too. You can start, it's live, in-person, real feedback from real readers of what they are interested in, what they're attracted to, what resonates, what gets the most likes, comments, and then you know that's the direction that you should go in. So yeah, that's an excellent point, Lemon. I love this. I could probably talk to you all day about book writing because it is fresh in my brain cabin right now. My husband literally 20 minutes ago, or like right before we hopped on, he was like, so like, what, what's the status of your book? And I was like, great, please. That's not what we're talking about. I'm like, rude. And he's home I now. Love that he, has that. he can hear this whole conversation. He's home. And so he definitely called me out on my book right before we hopped on. I know. I know. Go husband. That's a good husband. He is a good one. So where can everybody go and connect with you and then fill out the application? So right now you are going to go to your best selling. Oh no, it's actually the website is writeyourbestsellingbook.com. Writeyourbestsellingbook.com. Nice and easy. I love it. You can also find me at maymayfox.com and I'll have all the information there. I'm maymayfox everywhere. I have the advantage of having a really unique name like you do. Hey man, that has worked out well in the social media era. (laughs) I am the only maymayfox and as long as you can spell it M-E-I-F-O-X, you can find me. I'm on LinkedIn there. I'm on Instagram there. I'm on Facebook there. I've got my website there. It makes things super simple. So um, I would love to connect with anybody in your following who's interested in book writing and um, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And y'all, I will list all of this in the show notes for you so you guys can just click and go connect with Maymay, which I recommend you do because like I said, she is a two times New York Times bestselling author. So she she knows what she's talking about. She knows a thing or two about book writing. And so just thank you for being here, Maymay. I beyond appreciate you and your expertise. And just thank you for coming and sharing it. I beyond appreciate you, Lemon. And I'm so grateful to you for having me on the program. Until next time, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Milk and Honey with Lemon podcast. I am so grateful you were here. I hope this episode has helped you move from feelings of doubt and uncertainty towards stepping confidently into your God-given leadership role, fully equipped with biblical wisdom. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us to reach and inspire more Christian women leaders just like you. Don't forget to share your takeaways, post it on Instagram, tag me anywhere you're on social media, and I'll see you next week.